Stacy, and good morning, boys and girls. It's the Leaning Tower of Cheesa. Talk to me, talk to me, talk to me, baby. Perfect cast. Don't let him fool you with that buddy buddy act now. Under your thumb. I remember when I was a kid, I thought pink was for girls, and then I learned about hot pink, and I learned that hot pink is also for boys. Welcome to a Goofy Movie Minute, the podcast where we look at individual minutes of a Goofy movie. We analyze them in the podcast format for your ears. My name is Nathan. <laughs> and I am Brienne. And we have a special guest today, Miles, and he is a expert on a Goofy movie. Hello, Miles. Hello. Hi, Nathan. Hi, Brianne. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to have you. Yeah. This is minute 36, and it begins with... Pete pointing Max the way to his best friend. <laughs> and it ends with uh, Max facing his own doom. <laughs> so that's the minute. And I would like to propose something for this minute. I would like to propose... Right now? ...to Brianne for... To be get married again. And then also to both of you that we would just talk about what happens in the minute and then talk about all those background things because they kind of pop up. It's, you there's know, a, we're, we're, this scene takes place in the RV and it's kind of darting all around. And there's a lot of details in the back. So I think we'll just talk about what they do and then we'll talk about the RV itself. And how about that? All in favor of the proposal. Aye! Do we have a second? Second. Okay, good. I now pronounce you podcast. The perfect podcast. <laughs> oh, thank you for remembering that. We've forgotten that for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> so this one begins... We're, at first, we're right outside of the RV, like you said, and Pete's pointing in there. Do you have anything to say about the outside of the RV, Miles, since we talked about that one last time? Oh, boy. Like, I gotta say, like, the first time I saw this RV show up in this movie, like, back when I was a kid and I saw it for the first time, my child, like mine, was blown away by this thing. I mean, you got a bowling alley, you got a swimming pool, you got a hot tub and a swimming pool, you got a basketball court. Pretty much you got everything that to a kid is considered the definitive epitome of coolness. Like even if you don't like even if you don't like sports, I mean, you know that this stuff is the idea of it is awesome. Like this and it like you said last time, it defies the laws of physics. Everything just pops out of nowhere and it's cartoon logic, but I don't care. It's awesome. <laughs> I'm still shocked at how big that pool is. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's a veranda. If you're not into sports, you can sit out oh, that too, yeah. on the patio. So Pete is really dismissive of PJ. You know, he's loafing around. And then we cut to PJ working his, his booty off for, <laughs> for his dad still. I don't think he wanted to buff the floors. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he did. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Like, even if this is something that he doesn't like doing, he sure is having a darn good time doing it. So he's waxing the floor or buffing the floor and he's dusting the trophies with his tail, like dancing around and cleaning. It totally reminds me of that scene in Spaceballs where Barf is listening to music and because cleaning. Because he cleans something with his tail, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he does dust stuff. <laughs> and they're his... in an RV. Yeah. It's a very similar scene. I And that movie came out earlier. Yeah, but, but yeah, I definitely remember that like part where he's like dusting things with his tail. They do give him, and then this, yeah, this one they make it look like a tail because yeah. it's like, yeah, I don't but know. It, it's a, you can see it's in a pocket though. It's like 
coming out of one of his uh, like his left butt cheek. We had learned that Pete and PJ are cats, and I was like, this yes. is not a cat tail. They don't have tails in this world. Except for the ducks. They got tail feathers. Every time I see it, I always think that's his tail for a second, and then I go, oh, it's a rag. It's just weird that he's, yeah. like, wagging it while he... But anyway, uh, yeah, and, and then I always think that he's wearing headphones, and I always... Like, every time I see it, I'm like, why is he wearing headphones if there's giant speakers? Is that why he can't hear them? Oh, that's the power cord from the buffer. And I, like, I don't know why I have to go through that every single time. <laughs> I'm like, is he wearing headphones? Why is he wearing headphones? Like, uh, it's just... It's just uh, I can't learn. Well, I would think headphones would be a better method if you're using a noisy floor buffer because you can hear it better i listen to headphones when i'm vacuuming (laughs) me too yeah yeah i think like what it is is the music is actually playing in his headphones and we're just hearing it because we're the audience like i think what's really going on is the the buffer is what's making noise and or maybe i'm wrong i don't know but he has to unplug the big stereo with with the speakers that are twice as tall as max (laughs) True. Oh, oh, yeah, you're right. And the speakers are shaking when he does that. So, yeah, I guess maybe he's just really wanting to jam to the music inside his eardrums. It's like it's weird. It's almost like they wrote the scene the other way because because PJ is singing like he can't hear himself, but we can hear him really well. But he's not wearing yeah. headphones, <laughs> so we should be able to hear him as well as he hears himself. Yeah. And Max can hear him, too, because at one point he's just like, ah, uh, and yeah. the song he's listening to. Is stand out by Powerline. Yeah, <laughs> it's his new single. Have you heard? They were doing his video earlier. <laughs> I love this song. Like I love all the songs in this movie. Well, all but one. One is a guilty pleasure, but the rest are amazing. <laughs> Which one, Lester? Lester's possible. Oh. <laughs> it's just it's the guilty one. It's oh. not good, but it's not supposed to be good. It's supposed to be mediocre, and that's what makes it charming. It is catchy. Yeah. yeah. Don't you want to be? Uh-huh. Hey, from a tree. Uh-huh. We're mighty glad to see you. And the parking's always free. Here at Lester's Park. Awesome park. Good job, everyone. So they're playing Standout. They're playing a a part of it. Just one part of it. And then... uh Yeah, like part of the second verse. Yeah. So it, it ain't a it ain't a question of how, just, just a matter of just win. Just a matter of win. You get the you message, get the message that, that I'm trying, that I'm to, trying send. to send. I'm under a spell, I'm in over my head, <laughs> and you know I'm going all of the way to the end to stand out. And then later yeah. on, Max says, "What a goob," which I always thought was goof, and I thought was that was so no. weird, but it's goob. I just noticed, yeah, him calling him a goob is something I really haven't thought of since childhood because people my friends used to call each other goobers yeah yeah like a goober yeah Yeah, so it's just like slang for goober well it's like how his name is goofy and people call him a goof yeah and he's like that's our word (laughs) (laughs) uh, funny thing about that uh that word goob um in the behind the scenes feature a making of a goofy movie um one of the people who was working on the movies talked about how when they were collaborating with the uh, animators for the film that were working in France, how uh, there was a language barrier between the English and French speakers, and um, there was a there came a point in the script where when Max says "what a goob," the French people didn't know what "goob" meant, and they were trying to explain what the word means, but they were having difficulty because how do you explain "goob"? I mean, it's 
It's a goob. It's nuanced. It's in the same yeah. realm as dork and dweeb. But yeah, it's... but those those are more known. But at the same time, I don't think he's using it like how you would say dork and dweeb in the usual sense. He's like just poking fun at his friend, yeah. but it's more in, so. it's more endearing than yeah. Yeah, he walks in. He's so happy to see him and to watch him singing along to this song, proving that he is a fan of Powerline. He wasn't just pretending mm-hmm. for Max's shit's sake, in case you were suspicious of that. I wasn't. <laughs> but Did you catch that PJ, when he starts singing after uh, Max shuts off the music, that the lines he's singing aren't actually part of the song yeah. correctly? I always thought that was funny. And he goes from like being fully in Powerline world to Max. He says, no matter what the look, it's Max. <laughs> I love that part when he does that too. Like he does the the full voice thing you do, like when you're singing in your car yeah. and no one's oh, yeah. watching. <laughs> like, it's a level of mm-hmm. singing that non-professional singers only reach when they believe that no one is watching. And that's what he <laughs> believes. Yeah. So they captured it well. That's what I'm trying to say. But also like... They just parked. Was he buffing the floors while they drove? <laughs> like, yeah, this, song, this song didn't even have time to start playing in the time since they parked. <laughs> Wouldn't <That's> surprise <laughs> me. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, do, I do feel like they're probably pretty lax on the seatbelts in this house, in this uh, yeah. RV house. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, but anyway, um, this is setting up. So well, let's see. A long time ago, we heard PJ say that his dad was going to squash him like a bug if about the nuke. camera and he said that he was gonna you know be murdered nuke is, nuke is, nuke my entire existence <laughs> right and so we're getting another window into their relationship pj mm-hmm. and pete and it's it is like what he's been setting up but pj even though he's working for his dad he's still being called a loafer even though he is at the moment doing a chore that was probably assigned to him maybe he loves buffing the floors i don't know yeah and then earlier we saw pete talking about the camping trip and you know he's gonna take him camping the great outdoors you know uh so we're we're actually getting to see that now we've never seen them together like they're we still haven't seen them together but this is them how they'd be interacting their father and son relationship unless you watched goof trip beforehand for sure yeah (laughs) but yeah it's it, it is setting that up like, because that that's going to be a big part of the movie is contrasting Pete's parenting style to Goofy's, both Absolutely. pros and cons of each. Absolutely, yeah. It's and like, um, people have often speculated if uh, PJ's buffing the floor like this as a punishment for his, the stunt that he helped Max pull at the school. Oh, I could see that. Yeah, I actually could see it going either way because with the kind of person Pete is. PJ could be buffing as a punishment, or he could just be buffing because it's Pete. He has his son do work, do labor like this anyway. Well, yeah, because yeah. we see that late, till, uh, later when with the bowling alley yeah. too. But yeah. it is interesting that they didn't talk at all. But Pete and Goofy were together when Goofy got the call, and mm-hmm. PJ was involved in that very same thing. But they don't talk about that. Well, they didn't really have time. Goofy he got the call and then he out. immediately packed his bags for the camping trip. Yeah, he looks yeah. off into the abyss and then... The abyss said, go camping. They they call back now when he said that the great outdoor strengthens the bond. And he says, small wilderness, dude. And it's like, are you even aware where you are? You could be at a Walmart parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but then I yeah, love when he are... says, uh, yeah, I didn't expect to run into you. Max says, apparently not. 
because because he was dancing, obviously, like you said, like no one was watching. Then he says, "You're just jealous, man, because you ain't got the moves," which is a line that is forever changed because of the montage I made to go at the beginning of this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I've heard it so many times now. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, you're just jealous, man, because you ain't got the moves. It's yeah, it's changed. I, it's like ingrained in my memory in a different way. I was comparing it to. WTF with Mark Marin because there's a part in the beginning of that podcast where he says like lock the gates and then we were watching Almost Famous one time and there's a scene where Mark Marin yells lock the gates and I was like oh my gosh that's yeah. from that yeah, podcast we were like whoa <laughs> from the so <laughs> but, but it's weird because I've seen this movie a lot but you're just jealous man because you ain't got the moves was not actually a thing that I thought about that often like that wasn't one of the lines I really associated with this movie but now it is. <laughs> I really like how uh, PJ wasn't embarrassed at all. That's a yeah. cool friend to have. The kind that wouldn't be like, oh, I wasn't doing anything. Because I, I feel like, given the same situation, Max would have been pretty embarrassed. Because he's, he's a little insecure. I don't know. He did it for the whole school already. I guess, but, <laughs> yeah. but he was prepared. Well, that's so about who's in control here. <laughs> I think it depends on like who it is that would be like dropping in on him because like it's pj max is pretty comfortable around him and like and vice versa so if like if it was maybe roxanne popping in on Mm. max dancing like this then he might be kind of ooh uncomfortable about that yeah and i like seeing pj in a more relaxed state because every scene we've seen everything we've heard him say so far he's been stressed out and then the phone right away and then then he's like he's been stressed or scared or depressed he's not been like relaxed and now he's like this is how he is this is how it would be hanging out with pj all the time he wouldn't always be like i don't know man do you really we're gonna go to biology i don't know my dad's <laughs> gonna kill me like you'd be like, you'd be like sure man and then you'd go do your handshake thing <laughs> the yeah, first time absolutely. he's been relaxed enough to actually do the handshake i think yeah yeah i, I agree absolutely like pj is like one of the most underrated secondary disney characters of the mickey and friends cast like you gotta let him live a little and have fun just enjoy life he's he's a really fun guy i love how they shorten his name pete jr to peege peege yeah madge (laughs) pudge Pudge. (laughs) Um. oh in one episode of goof troop max actually extended it to pg ouija Ooh. Not a step up. Yeah. That's Max did that? <laughs> in, well, in brevity yeah, well, was, or in coolness. I feel like you have to be a trusted friend to call your friend PG Ouija. Like well, the situation, received like well. P- PJ was, was, it was the first day of summer break and PJ was still asleep and Max was trying to get him up. And so he like slingshotted a plunger and across the yards into PJ's room. And he's like, wakey, wakey, PG Ouija. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> Well, so now they start, uh, Max is talking about how much he, you know, but I wouldn't mind having this RV. And now they get a conversation about what PJ knows about Max's dirty lies. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, everything's coming to fruition. So he says, you're so lucky. Come on, you're the star. (laughs) Going to the Powerline concert? Oh, it's unbelievable, man. Wouldn't he be kind of offended that Max didn't mention this to him? <laughs> they hung out all day, and he was nervous. Once again, best friends. Max, no, 
Max, good point. This yeah. whole thing happened without planning as they were on their way out of town. So what was he going to do? Like text him? No, no, not, not that he told him he made up that lie. But if he legitimately thought he was going to the Powerline concert, you thought he would have dropped that knowledge during oh, the day. Oh, I get it. Was it. Like, maybe yeah. his, like dad surprised him or something. You're my best pal, man. Why didn't you tell me your dad was Powerline's old buddy? And also, we what could... kind of gossip is Roxanne that she's already told? Like someone, maybe she probably told Stacy, and then Stacy told the whole town. But that's that's really fast. Yeah, especially yeah. once again without texting and not school. Either, How do you? <laughs> school's out. Well, gossip spread more... slower before cell phones. <laughs> Spoonerville's kind of a small enough town that work can get around pretty fast. So, I mean, if you think about something like Mayberry from the Andy Griffith Show, it's about that kind of a small town. Yeah. You hear people in the, in the general store. Did you hear Maxie's going to, to see Powerline? Yeah. Did you know Goof was uh, in the band with him? Like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm an old man. <laughs> I'm an I mean, old like, man. What, I have never that? heard of Powerline. What's that now? <laughs> <laughs> hey, what? What you say about a power line? Hey, I don't trust that electricity folk and fiddle faddle. Hey, in my day, we used candles and we liked it. <laughs> yeah, like like in the show, like Spoonerville was small enough that like Max could get around anywhere he needed to go in the town on foot or on skateboard or by bike. So yeah, it's, word probably travels fast in this town. Yeah, well. One thing I really like is the fisheye lens shot when he's looking through the... the looking at the octopus. Yeah. What, one thing I noticed about that, so they're having their conversation, and as he's looking at the octopus, it sounds like you're hearing it from the inside the bowl. Right. Like, the sound's mm-hmm. all muffled. Kevin Lima is such a great director. He was just like, how can I make this scene more interesting? He could just have them talking. Yeah. Yeah. To, to, like, to like, have this detail and... I can talk some more about details when we talk about the whole thing, but I wanted to bring up the octopus because I looked up octopus ink. Mm-hmm. Cephalod ink is a dark pigment released into water by most species of cephalopod, usually as an escape mechanism. All cephalopods, with the exception of the nautilidae, like a nautilus. The, what's that? Like a nautilus. Nautilus. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. And the serena, like what? Not so, so marine biologist now, are you? I did. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is it? A serena <laughs> is a suborder of one of the two main divisions of octopuses. Octopuses. Octopi. What, what Octopi? is? But, but it makes sense that he scared that little octopus with his big, huge face. And it also makes you feel for that octopus because everything he sees is like this. Like, ah! <laughs> like, every time someone comes over, it's like a gigantic monster that that absorbs half their world (laughs) yeah so uh pj says that the whole town knows about it and he's going to be famous especially with roxanne because this town as you said spoonerville is so small that someone just going to a concert (laughs) is enough to make you famous (laughs) well it's power line he's a kind of a big deal yeah and he said he was going to be on stage for no reason at all but he could have just been like, like, I'll be yeah. one of the people in the crowd. Be sure to look for me. And then she'll be like, I didn't see you. And you'd be like, ah, well, you know, there were a lot of people there. So I was probably in the bathroom right then. Well, no, I said he'd be on stage with Powerline because his dad was old friends with him. <laughs> like, he could have just said, we're going to see Powerline, the biggest rock star on the planet. Uh, he, like, he just wanted to impress Roxanne even more. Teenage ambition. He's just digging a gigantic hole. That, like, he's like, oh, okay. And then I'll have, rock, I'll have Powerline s- sign you a thing. Uh... And I'll yeah, have him sign um, a record for you. And then I'll have a, him take a picture of while he's signing it for you, holding up a picture of you. Oh, man, how am I going to do that? 
like, and then I'll invite him fall. to your birthday party. Yeah. <laughs> Powerline's actually coming to Powerline Goes Rainforest. Anyway, I think that's the end of the scene. You can see Max is crestfallen, but he hasn't mm-hmm. said much about that. So now let's talk about this RV. Oh, yes, this thing. The Day outside time. was awesome. You ain't seen nothing about the inside yet. And equally impossible. I like the pool. I'm trying to like wrap my head around scenarios of this RV driving anywhere, especially down a highway. It's actually not the first time that Pete's owned a rather impossibly uh, impressive RV. Did he get one in, in an episode of Goof Troop? In an episode of Goof Troop, he was customizing an RV to show on display at an RV show in Las Vegas, and he called it the Pete Mobile. So this this one could be something like a Pete Mobile 2.0 if you wanted to think of it like that. And that one was well, let's let me put it this way. This one is much more impressive than the first because while the first one had just as many ridiculous odd, um, oddities about it, it was much more slipshod, put haphazardly put together. It fell apart like en route to the show <laughs> you had to shimmy the pool out and like use a oh, bit of little tools <laughs> like there's a part of the episode where goofy is in the hot tub of the rv and of the peat mobile and as they go under a bridge like um max hits a switch unknowing that it's lifting the jacuzzi on into the air and then when they go under the bridge the jacuzzi snaps off and detaches from the from the peat mobile and lands on top of the bridge, which happens to be a train track bridge. And so Goofy is gliding down the train tracks. And since it's an indoor jacuzzi, he has no idea what's going on. He just thinks Pete is driving all crazy like. And then through cartoon logic, Goofy somehow meets right back up with the peat mobile and lands right back where it was detached before it got knocked off. Oh, that's like really Mr. Magoo of him. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, it was a very Mr. Magoo moment. (laughs) When they were first showing it off to the rest of Pete's family, like all the buttons they were pushing, nothing was working. Like they tried to to turn on a microwave and instead did something like turn on the uh, ice machine. Or they tried to start the horn and instead deployed the airbag. And since this... (laughs) And since this thi- since this RV was made from odds and ends around Pete and Goofy's houses, the they, they had things like the airbag was um, actually a big inflatable clown that belonged to Pete's daughter Pistol, and like there were parts of the living room integrated into the uh, main part of the art of the Pete Mobile interior, and like they literally had chunks of their house taken and put onto this thing. <laughs> Wow. It was it was just ridiculous. This one's a sleek machine. This one is a vast improvement over that one. Uh it, yeah. Definitely. It's, a, it's beautiful. <laughs> so one of the first things I noticed when they walk in is there's a this one's pretty low low key, but just a fishing rod holder oh. with fishing rods in it right by the door. And a phone yep. right by the door. Yeah, a red phone to call Batman. <laughs> yeah. The fishing poles, like, I, wa- I like to think that's a subtle reference to how in Goof Troop, Pete also liked to go fishing like Goofy did. Oh, okay. Yeah, there was even one episode where he and Goofy kind of competed against each other in, the f- in like, a, their own private fishing contest between the two. Oh, yeah. I would uh, put my money on the guy with the perfect cast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was introduced in this movie. <laughs> so w- what else did you see in the RV? A pool table. Pool table? That is one of the most space 
Yeah, okay. Okay. I, okay. <laughs> All right, let's... So a pool table, a regulation pool table, is 9.32 feet by 4.65 feet. So it's like, like four and a half feet wide. But you could easily fit like 10 pool tables across the room that they're standing in. <laughs> and I'm just like, no. This... RV is at least 40 feet wide. This is one of those wide loads when you see them putting like a big, uh, um, you know, um, a mobile home on a trailer and they take up like almost two lanes. And when they turn, they like take down half of your town. <laughs> That's one of those. Yeah. And, and if the wide turn radius doesn't get you, the uh, circular saws that pop out the side definitely will. <laughs> I think that I tend to think in a more, like, catastrophic way. But you know how they say, like, you shouldn't drive with, like, canned food in the backseat because it could kill you if you got into an accident? I think driving with a pool table with pool balls on it is not... (laughs) Wise. (laughs) No. Yeah. Not a smart thing to do. No. Uh, What was the the next thing you saw? Uh, Trophy case. Trophy case for bowling. I saw anything else. I just saw bowling. I can't, trying to get a good look at it, but like the angle it's at, it's yeah, it's hard to tell. Like he, it, it's really quick too. He won some Dundies. Yeah. Um, well, and again, it's it fits with Pete's depiction in Goof Troop since he had a bunch of trophies in that show too. So uh, the fish bowl that I mentioned earlier has the octopus in it. Yeah, and there's a castle in there, and I. I couldn't confirm this, but I looked it up. It really looks like Sir Ector's castle from Sword in the Stone. Oh. Really? It doesn't have the huge creaky tower that Murray Lennon and the boy have to stay in, Arthur. But it does look a lot like that one. It's got the same kind of roof. It doesn't look like the big Disney castle, which you would think they might homage. But I think they were going for a more specific thing, like a more rinky-dink castle. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty simple. And also, his name is Sir Hector, but they have British accents. I always thought it was Sir Hector, and they just you couldn't hear it. Sir Hector, like, yeah. I wonder if it holds up if you didn't see it when you were a kid. I like it. I barely remember that movie. It's pretty amusing. I'm sure it's decent. Like, even the worst of Disney's animated films are still have something to like about them. It was on the downward slope of Disney, if you listen to critics. It was like... <laughs> I, I, think it's, I think it's part of what's called the Dark Ages of the Disney films. It, actually, it takes place in the Dark Ages. But, oh, but yeah, like, but... The, the, the real <laughs> low point, I think, was Oliver and Company and Black Cauldron. This one's not like that. It has like yeah. more of that Oliver... 70s animation was going Oliver on, even though it might have been the 80s. really that bad? I don't know. That's Billy was... Joel. Yeah, Oliver and Company's a fun film. It's not great, but it's got it's got a lot to like, and... I will argue it has, like, one of the most hardcore Disney villain deaths ever. Oh. Let's just say it involves a train and a car. My favorite Disney villain is Frollo from Hunchback of Notre Dame because he's, oh. like, pure evil. And he's, like, kind of a real person. Like, a realistic person. And his yeah. death his death is freaky. Do you think <laughs> that they would have forgiven Scar if he turned out to be a good king? Just, like, he was evil, the murderer? But, mm. he, but he was, like, did a good... Like, the economy... And everyone be like, mm. "Well, the economy is doing well. Look the, how many, look how many uh, antelopes I just." The ate. lionesses do all the hunting. <laughs> he got so exiled that he was hanging out with a different, different species. Yeah. So did uh, some yeah. of them. Yeah. Is that progressive or not? I guess because they were just minions. It's mm-hmm. not really that cool. <laughs> You're like, well, you just subjugated them and made them into little Nazis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> even when he took over, they eventually turned on him too. 
because he was such a he was such a bad ruler. But if he were a good ruler and also a murderer, I wonder if anyone would have caught on. And then when Simba came back, and they're like, "You have no leadership experience. You're get, get go back to the log, hippie." You mentioned the murderer thing. Like an interesting thing that I realized recently about that is that um, like it's in the scene where Simba comes clean about his uh, involvement in, Sim- in Mufasa's death. You think that the whole idea of the truth setting you free would have the lions come to his come to understand him and help him in that moment, but when he comes clean, everyone is horrified and they look like they want to cast him out. And it's only after Scar reveals that he directly killed Mufasa that everyone joins up with Simba. So, yeah, a little well, bit of bit of mixed messages in that part. What were they thinking? That they, like that this kid killed his dad so he could like run and live. Uh, like and then like fake his own death to go live away like or or, uh, or what's more likely that he did it or this guy who immediately took over as an evil king did it <laughs> is well, it, nobody sus- nobody suspected scar like is, yeah it's weird because it's like it's like oh mufasa's dead who killed him uh the kid and then he died too so no no one to check with i guess you'll have to believe me on this one well i'm sure scar mentioned the involvement of the wildebeest but i he probably right, worded it so that it was an accident yeah. Yeah, but I mean, I think like the whole idea with Sim like the idea is that Simba has to confess that he was involved in the accident that led to Mufasa's death and when he does so, everyone turns on him. It's only when Scar says that he that he uh inst- instigated the whole thing that everyone joins up with Simba. So, what? As the moral of the story that if you tell the truth, everyone will only rally to you if the bad guy turned out to be bad? Guilty until he blame can be placed oh so uh i did find my picture that i took and one of the other trophies is for fishing i can't tell what the third one is nice so bowling fishing it's weird because the fishing trophy the the guy on the trophy looks just like pete it is pete in one episode a goof troopy was actually bragging uh, showing off a trophy of most used cars sold in a leap year so (laughs) Could be that one. I That's that probably one. it. Yeah. Let's, or let's... no, I don't. Or it was either leap year or during an oil crisis, something like that. That's canon now. There's one thing I saw in the RV that I really like, and it's What's that? part of the thing I love about this movie. There is so there's a staircase coming down that goes up to the bowling alley, yeah. and it's really big. And they were like, "Well, if you had a staircase that big in the middle of your RV, you'd probably want to store things in it." And so there's a storage cabinet in the staircase and that's such a weird detail to include like because presumably this rv is not based on a real rv but they still bothered to put in this tiny thing and you would totally put storage in the stairs if they were that big but it doesn't make it's just hard to believe that they would animate that and it's like a car door oh oh, it is a car door that's weird i just love that they did stuff like that it was like what i was talking about at lester's where they put a little fence around the tree this is like the cadillac of stairs (laughs) <laughs> what if it's like Harry Potter and PJ sleeps in there? That's that would make sense. Till one day he gets an invitation from Powerline. You're a pop star, Peach. Yeah, and that would be where he sleeps as punishment for the stunt he pulled at school with Max. Hmm. Yep. Uh, um. What else you got for this <laughs> indoor wonderland? There's a a room adjacent to the uh, pool table room that's got a TV in it on a. Yeah, a bedroom. Yeah, it seems like a bedroom. But like you were saying how this room looks really wide, even if you're just talking about this one room. But then there's also a bedroom that's on the side of it. <laughs> like, this yeah. room isn't even it. 
it's cartoon physics. It's like it's like the TARDIS from Doctor Who. It's bigger on the inside than out. I don't know how everyone's listenership status is, but this RV is bigger than our house. And it goes without saying that it's better than our house. (laughs) Because, Um. well, now's the point in the podcast where we read from A Goofy Minute, the book. And we're going to have Miles read from that because he has the same book as well as a bunch of comic book adaptations and way more materials than we have. But as you might have heard earlier, he does the voices well, too. So let's hear the segment of the book that covers this minute with our guest miles excuse me inside the camper pj was dancing to a power line tape max he said when he saw his friend small wilderness would you like to borrow some of my power line moves max grinned you can keep the moves but i wouldn't mind having this camper you're a lucky man pj me pj looked surprised you're the star and you'll be on stage with Powerline! It's unbelievable! Max gulped. His lie. How did PJ know about it? <laughs> Who told you that? Everybody in town knows about it, Max! You're gonna be famous! PJ paused for a moment, paused a moment, then added, Especially with Roxanne! Max's heart dropped. Roxanne, the kids in school, everybody in town. They all thought he'd be on peering on TV with Powerline. Only one person didn't know about it. His dad. <laughs> nice. He, so he thought that and then he said it after. I love how the book goes into his internal monologue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it, it would be funny if it went in there too often, though. Be like, Max looked in and saw P, PJ. And he thought, that's weird. PJ's here. And, he's, <laughs> and it seems like he's dancing to the song. That's the song I was singing earlier. I should say hi. <laughs> <laughs> then he opened his mouth. No. Very good. Yeah, that was Good very impressive. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so, I think that's about it for this minute. We wanna... we came, we saw an RV, and yeah. now we're done seeing the RV. So, uh, next time we're going to find out about this whole mischief that Max is supposedly... Oh, we saw all this. But anyway, he's going to tell someone else about it now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, we wanted to thank Miles for being on this Yeah, thank you. Episode. Do do you want to, do you have a Twitter or any sort of project you're working on that you want to plug? Well, um, um, like as they, as you guys mentioned, I do have a lot of, uh, Goof Movie and Goof Troop, uh, comics and storybooks, and I am currently working on a personal project related to Goof Troop and a Goofy Movie in which I'm trying to accumulate as much supplementary material as I can and trying to find as much information I can about all of these. And this project began with the idea that I wanted to see if I could put take every episode of Goof Troop and put them into a brand new workable chronological order to see if I could make an actual timeline that fits with the continuity of the show, the, the movies, with the books, the comics, as much material as I can find. And... It's been quite an endeavor accumulating all of these uh, 20-plus-year-old uh, books and comics. Like I've even had to purchase things from overseas like in France and the UK. And, just, and most recently, I'm waiting for a book coming from Germany. And I've been using Google Translate, Wiktionary, and my own common sense to translate all this material into English to see if what they say – about the events of the movies and the shows, if there's anything that isn't mentioned in the American versions 
uh, as they were, and it's been a blast all the way through. I've been working on it ever since last September. Well, what are some handles that you could be uh, uh, found on a message boards, or if you want to give your email? I have th- I have three email addresses that I rely on. Uh, my main one, as a uh, as a fan, is um, is s a b r b l a d e at yahoo.com. That's Saberblade with no e in the saber part. Yeah, I'm. That's my screen name. You'll find me on the likes of Sabertron.com, the AllSpark forums, Unicron.com, and uh, even uh, the Sailor Moon forum, which I'm also a part of. And yeah, like I'm also do a lot of work on the Transformers Wiki, tfwiki.net. So I'm Saberblade on there. And my other email addresses you can find me at are Saberblade at Unicron.com, which with Saberblade also spelled the same way, S-A-B-R-B-L-A-D-E. And for my uh, casual email address, that would be mtinker90 at gmail.com. All right. So, yeah, if anybody's got some obscure, goofy movie knowledge, media, collectibles, anything like that, send us some info. That's right. And... Why not send us an email at a goofy movie minute at gmail.com or find us on Facebook or Instagram? Why haven't you done that? Just just say hi. I, Surprise us. We'll say I did. small internet, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Miles did, and that's how, that's how we're doing this today. Uh, thanks again, Miles. And my name was Nathan. My name is Brianne. My name is Wonderful. And thank you guys for having me. It was a blast, and I'd love to be on here again if you're willing to have me again. Yeah, <laughs> but we have uh, a homework for listeners. Put a rag in your back pocket and try to dust things in your house and see how well that goes for you. It's all about the enthusiasm. Yeah, you yeah. have a lot of enthusiasm. Yeah. And you also got to listen fl- to Stand Out. Yes, yeah, that's what I was about to say. you got to listen to Stand Out. And bonus points if you're buffing the floor at the same time. Awesome, Absolutely. Uh, you're just jealous, man, because you ain't got the moves. <laughs> yeah, well, you can keep the moves. I wouldn't mind having this RV. Wow. <laughs> you are this, so lucky. Make this podcast popular, especially with Roxanne. There we go. <laughs> Goofy Movie Minute out. A Goofy Movie Minute is not endorsed by Walt Disney Pictures, Walt Disney Television Animation, or Disney Toon Studios. The podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. A Goofy Movie and all names, characters, images, and audio are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective trademark and copyright holders. You can get in contact with the podcast creators at a minute at gmail.com. The Minute by Minute podcast format was created by Alex Robinson and Pete the Retailer of Star Wars Minute. You can find that podcast at StarWarsMinute.com. <laughs>